Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell and that is Kurt Souter. And we are a show for men by men. We talk about stuff from a man's perspective. And Solid Steps Radio is a little show we've started four years ago, uh, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, we started a show that we wanted to do a show that just it took things from the man's perspective. And we have a lot of lady listeners and we're thankful for that. But we just wanted to tell the story that God was writing in men's lives. And men, if you're listening or women, if you're listening... Uh, we know this, that you are not fulfilling your destiny as a man if you're not walking with God through Jesus Christ. We believe that here, and we believe that, that manhood, uh, he is the definition of and, the, and the, the, the starting point of manhood, of what that looks like, and womanhood in regards to being a person that God intended us to be. And that's a whole lot for a, whole, uh, for a little bitty show that we do. We just try to talk about all kinds of different things from a perspective of guys. We talk about work. We talk about relationships we're a show that is not the it's the anti other shows not we're not opposed to sports and politics but you can men can walk into sports and politics real easily but when we start talking about issues of bigger issues kingdom of god issues eh, we just want to have a a microphone available for that so today we're talking to uh, a little bit different format typically i'll punt the ball over to kurt and he'll interview our guests but i'm actually doing a little bit more of an interviewing today because I'm excited about that. Well, I'm not as much, but <laughs> just so you know. But um, and if you want to watch this, uh, we're on Facebook Live. We have these videos you can watch of the of the entire show with uh, in between commercials. So if you're listening on the radio, you're going to hear the edited version of this, and you can hear all that fun stuff between commercials that we do on uh, Facebook Live on our Facebook page, uh, Solid Steps Radio. So today we got a room full of guys here. We got Kurt and a couple others that. We, you all just got back from a trip, and I say you all, we got Kurt Souter here, and uh, good morning, Kurt. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing awesome. Good. And we're also joined by a, uh, he may be one of, he may be the Don Rickles of our show. Like, you know, Don Rickles was on the Tonight Show like <laughs> umpteen times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Schoensberg. Sean Dr. Eric Schoensberg. Hello, hello, hello. He's on for the... How many times you been uh, on, dude? I don't know. Fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth time. We yeah, don't wh- whatever. Yeah. And Eric Schonsberg. And then also Matt Frawley. Is it Frawley, Matt? You got okay, it. I, and I'm a rookie. Okay, there you go. Matt's <laughs> Matt's first time. But yeah. all three of these guys have some commonality. They all know each other, go to church together, have known each other for years. But mm-hmm. they recently uh, came back with uh, some other folks on a trip from Malawi, Africa. And uh, so... My question is, of course, I had to look on Wikipedia about Malawi, and here's a little bit of facts about Malawi. It's 18 million people in the entire country. It's landlocked country in between Zimbabwe and uh, Mozambique. Mozambique. There you go. Zambia. 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 All right. So (laughs) Malawi, Africa. Tell me about, Kurt, how in the world do you three incredibly white people... (laughs) end up in africa yes we are very white in eastern africa uh you were there for how many days uh, the total trip was 10 days okay so how do you get to malawi africa it's not, a long trip not just physically but relationally how did you <laughs> end up there? well you know uh, uh eric and i met a guy out of kenya uh, probably what six years ago five six years ago yeah. and he does ministry all over africa and he invited us to come uh five years ago, four years ago, uh, to Ghana, which is in Western Africa. And he said, I do a three-year training, and I, but would you come in and would you do some Life of Christ teaching, a disciple-making model of ministry teaching and, and training? And so 
Eric and myself and a few other folks, we, we went over there and we did that and it, and it went really well. And we went back the next year to Ghana again and then a different part of Ghana, a little yeah, different part of Ghana. And then, uh, then fast forward a couple years, we went to Burkina Faso, which is another country right north of Ghana in Western Africa. And then uh, Francis, uh, who's based out of Kenya, uh, a ministry called Hope Alive and Initiatives. Um, we partner with him, and he said, would you guys come to now Malawi? I'm, I'm doing work in Malawi. And we said, yeah, let's, let's go to Malawi. Where's Malawi? You know, yeah. we just know it's in this big continent of Africa, but Malawi is more the southeastern part of uh, Africa, small little country. And uh, we just got back, and we had a, a fantastic trip. How long did it take you physically to get there? About 25 hours. Yeah. So we had some a few layovers. If I'm doing the Don Rickles thing, you know, we, we flew, but, man, my arms are tired after that, you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was just, you know, a series of flights. We, we had easy transportation. Um, my wife went on a trip of the month before, and they had some uh, missed flights and stuff, and it took them 50 hours. Wow. So it was only 25 for us. Yeah. We were uh, on, on the way back. It takes a little bit longer to coming coming back, but we're on the plane for 21 straight hours. Mm. Um, and then you got some layover stuff in between and that kind of thing. Yeah, but, we went. Um, it was Louisville to Chicago, Chicago to Ethiopia, and then Ethiopia down to Malawi. And Ethiopia is on the other side of is that on the other side of the continent? Yeah, northeast Africa. Yeah, just yeah. north northeast. Of so it takes about four hours from Malawi to get to Ethiopia. And then it takes. Uh, then we on the way back, we had to stop to refuel because it, you can't make the total flight from Ethiopia straight to Chicago. So we stopped in Ireland, and uh, had ref- on, the, on the way right. On, uh, no, on the way back, yeah, oh, and and stopped in Ireland and uh, refueled, and then uh, so that's about a seven-hour flight or so uh, to get to Ireland, and then another seven hours from Ireland to Chicago, and then Chicago about an hour. Yeah, a little wow. Yeah. So, needless to say, it's a long ways away, uh, physically and culturally. And now, all of you have been to Africa how many times? Matt, how many times have you been? I had been? never been to Africa. Never, first time? First time. Okay. Eric, you had been? Yeah, we both had, Well, I've been four. I guess you've been, a, you've I've, been I've one been, other time. I've been one, five times. Okay. All right. So, uh, when, when people hear that you're going to go to Africa, and what in the world would the mission, people say, well, I'm going on a mission trip. Sometimes the mission is we're going to help build a a church building. We're going to help uh, whatever you're going to help the, the, the folks who live in there. What was your mission on this trip going over to Africa? I think it's funny because I've started to call it, I've started to call it a ministry trip. Um, I think mission trip has, I think we'll get into this later in the sure. show, mission trip. I think you go for a mission, you, you build something, you do something. And there's some challenges actually with that, that people don't think about often enough. And so I, I always think about this as a ministry trip. We're going there to minister to others. We're being ministered to. So I, I like to think of it that way as well. Romans one twelve talks about we're mutual encouragements to us. And so whatever we good we did on the ground there, uh, they were blessing us. We were learning stuff about God and how big he is. We were learning about his people. And so I, I, I like to think of it as a, a ministry trip. Right. So... But the primary, the primary goal that, that what Francis asks us to come in and say, would you... Will you teach the life and ministry of Jesus? Um, because many of the pastors and the church leaders over there are passionate about the glory of God. They're passionate about the kingdom of God. But very few of them have any training 
hmm. um, a formal uh, education, formal training in regards to like Bible, um, Bible college or seminary. And so we, we, we are able to help them with uh, the life and ministry of Christ and um, looking at some, some things that w- w- in, in regards to training them so that they can continue to train others. It's not uh, – yeah, uh, well, it's, it's empowering them. Right. That's what attracted us to Francis because Francis goes in and, and his whole thing is multiplication, empowerment – training up lay leaders and disciple makers. So it's a three-year process, and we're just one module within that process to, to train up church leaders. So that brings in our DC stuff and uh, other trainings that we do that he's not just about, he's very much about equipping people so they can equip other people. Right. So we talk all the time about, you know, don't teach a man to fish, or don't hand a man a fish, teach him how to fish. But we want to go a step further, and this is what Francis does, is teach, pe- teach people how to teach other people how to fish. Mm. And that's what Francis's ministry does, and that's what we feel like we're doing when we go over there. It's nice to hand people fish uh, at some level, but really the best thing is to teach people how to teach other people how to fish, and then the multiplication process out of that is powerful. Matt, was this your first mission trip ever? Uh, it was the first mission trip out of the country. Okay. I mean, I had done work with Endeavor Ministries locally with Todd Keene right. and what he, does with the, what he does with the Somali Bantu folks. Uh, we had gone, gone to the Grundy Mission School, uh, the Mountain Mission School in Grundy, Virginia, but nothing out of the country before. So your expectations and your reality, just in about another a minute or so, yeah. what were your expectations going in and, and coming out of it? We're going to pack that in the next three segments. But Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you see on TV what Africa, you know, is like. And I, I'd say in some ways it was like that. It was, it was extremely poor. But I'd say the people weren't starving. And it didn't seem like, you know, even though we would consider them, you know, destitute by American standards, in a lot of ways they seemed very content and very joyful. Mm. And they, you know, I think that was a lesson right away that, with seemingly little, they were among the most joyful, happy people hmm. that we were around. And it wasn't just the people, you know, that we were training and ministering to. It was in the village that we were in where the church was located. You know, that was probably a typical middle-class neighborhood is my guess. And, you know, the, you know, one thing that I noticed is a kid's a kid. Kids love fist bumps. Kids love a high five. Hmm. I, I laugh. You know, we were in Malawi, Africa. You just smile at a kid and put your fist out, and they bump it just like they would in America. So there was a lot of commonality, too. But, right. you know, I was expecting, you know, obviously the economic conditions to be poor, and they were, but the spirit was very rich. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was certainly a blessing. You know, in terms of the teaching, you know, we had gone through, Keith Gilcrease and I went together with, with Kurt and Eric, and we had gone through the D.C. curriculum, you know, together as students, probably 15 years ago or close to it. And then we co-facilitated D.C. right after that. So we were already familiar with D.C. material, which is and a lot of what we taught. And you say D.C. material. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let's take a break and pick that up on the next segment because D.C. Is, is something that... It's not Washington, D.C. <laughs> no, no, we don't yeah, want to yeah. take D.C. to Africa. Let that D.C., <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more in the next three segments about some more specifics about what would happen on the trip. And a lot of times when people think, well, we're, people, we're going to Africa, 
and I had this mindset when I went to Cuba, is that we're going to go really bless them. But the truth of the matter is, I'm pretty confident that you three guys would say you received way more than you gave. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk more about that in the next three segments. We're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Hello and welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you're uh, joining us on purpose. If you just found us, we'd uh, love for you to listen on a regular basis. You can go to Facebook and watch all of our live videos. Uh, you can go to SoundCloud or iTunes if you're a podcast listener and just type in Solid Steps Radio and listen to those commercial-free thanks to great sponsors like L&N Credit Union. I just recently purchased a big 15-passenger van. Why would you need a 15-passenger van? Because one, my wife called me and said, we are broke down on the side of the road. We're done with this van (laughs) in a very nice, loving way. Uh, And also, you've got eight people in the family. We realized they're not getting any smaller, so we we went to the 15-passenger deal. And L&N Credit Union, I got my, my car loan through them. And Chris and his crew did an awesome job. Uh, Leslie took care of me, and uh, they really did a great job, made it really smooth. So not only do I talk about car loans, home loans, uh, all the the opportunities that LNN gives folks to, to help them with their finances, I actually use them, and they were really great to work with. So LNN Credit Union, uh, they've been a sponsor of our show from the beginning. And then Vision First Eye Care, Rod Rollo and his crew, I think they're opening up a new location every time I see them. Uh, they're all over the place. You can throw a rock and hit a Vision First. And if you need to have your eyes taken uh, taken care of. If you're having problems seeing physically, uh, Vision First can help you, whether it's contacts, glasses. They look at you not just as, a, as an eyeball, but as a person. And Vision First Eye Care, they are they take great, great care of us, and they'll take great care of you. And we're talking today with Dr. Eric Schonsberg, Matt Frawley, and Kurt about their recent trip to Malawi, Africa. Their 21-hour, yikes, 25-hour, right, total <laughs> trip to uh, Malawi, Africa. Seemed like 20, longer than that, right? <laughs> Twenty one hundred hours almost. Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, it was a long haul. So anyway, so the last segment, the, the the first segment we talked about, if you missed it, we talked about just how they ended up in Malawi. How, how does you know these three Americans end up in Malawi? And uh, but we talked about, and, and Eric made a great uh, distinction there, but mission trips versus ministry trips, and. I've been on a few trips to to Cuba. That's the only places I've ever been. That was years ago. And as a new Christian, when I went, it was I, I went very arrogantly thinking, I'm the American. I'm going to come show you all how to do some church. How ignorant. I, I'm almost embarrassed to say that out loud. But that was, I was an immature, young, new believer. Uh, and I just thought, well, we're going to go help them to do church. Well, I was wildly mistaken because I learned way more than I could ever have taught them about God and about walking with God. But when you all went, your mission and or ministry purpose was, and Matt referenced this in the first, uh, uh, I was going to say first trimester, first when nobody's pregnant in here, uh, the first uh, segment, (laughs) we hope not, (laughs) the fact that DC, and we wanted to reference, what is DC? And Dr. Eric Schanz, we're going to put yeah, that so over to you. It's a, a program we started 17 years ago, 2002, and uh, uh, it, it started at Southeast, gone gone on to many different churches. And but it, it's its purpose is a, to lay out a program where we can train up lay leader, lay leaders and and make disciple makers. So more more information on the web at thoroughlyequipped.org. But it's it's basically a 21 month program. We've got a lighter 36 week program as well, but it helps with this issue of uh, training up lay leaders. And I think in the church here, and certainly this was the case in Africa, we had not seen this really in our last three trips. But the pastor does 
all the preaching and, and just kind of talks at people and discipleship really is quite limited when all you've got is preaching. And so we were just really surprised to see uh, how different it was on the ground in Malawi. It's also a Bible, you know, to, to summarize it, it's a Bible reading, Bible memory, Bible study. And so it's, it's, it's equipping and empowering the, the laity to be ministers of the gospel. And Matt, you went through it how many years ago? Yeah, so it was about 15 years ago. I went through it with Keith Gilcrease, who was also on our trip. Right. And then the two of us co-facilitated right after it, our own team. And then I shepherded a group after that as well. So, and I was one of the first, I was in the first group that went through this back in 2002 as well, the DC. And, and, and D, what does DC stand for? Disciple Making Curriculum. Okay, so we are wired in our uh, information world that, curriculums and formulas and and what do we need to do to you know kind of check the boxes that i am anyway uh but the curriculum was really i'm just going to speak from my own perspective it was a it was a a structured organization just to go deeper intentionally uh and you all give the the format to people and say look you want to go deeper this is just a format the format's not magic god is the power powerful not in my curriculum but it's just another opportunity to go deeper with Christ. And when I went through it, it was just one of those things. I was a new believer, so it was just it was purely discipleship for me, right? Yeah, and, and in the scriptures and in a small group format. You know, right. that a lot of times it's you know, I mean we get the scriptures on Sunday morning, but it's being preached at us. There's no opportunity to engage. Or I read the scriptures in a closet somewhere and I, you know, well, okay, yeah, I got something out of that, or God showed me some things, but you know, the scriptures are meant to be done in community. Uh, and so, you know, D.C. is a structured uh, way to do that. You know, I was thankful for that curriculum because, you know, working upstream 15 years ago, we weren't thinking, you know, hey, we're going to go to Malawi, Africa with, with Kurt and Eric, the, right. you know, the guys that wrote this curriculum. You know, we were just trying to probably like you, Chad, grow deeper, right. you know, in our knowledge of, of, of Christ and, um, you know, our faith and, and be equipped to do something like this. So, you know, when the call came 15 years later, you know, a lot of it's faith. Some of it's feeling some comfort that I know the guys were going with, and that I know we've been equipped because of what they've taught us. And Eric, you mentioned on the break a really fascinating part about, and I, I, the question is this, how does discipleship and the dis- curriculum here in America, how did it differ taking it to Malawi, Africa, our American church versus taking this curriculum and taking it to Malawi, Africa. How did it differ? Yeah, well, one thing we had not seen before, and this was new to Malawi, was that I don't think they'd ever had a small group experience at all. It was totally about preaching. So in the American church, a lot of people come to church and that's their only experience, but it's the church is at least offering small group experiences. And here, I don't think that was even part of the portfolio of what a church would offer. So, um, we, we did, as part of the training, we were running multiple small groups and running them through material and showing them what that would look like. And one of the problems is if you don't have a small group environment, how do you know how to read the scriptures? How do you, and, and so we would get a lot of Jesus answers and Sunday school answers, and we'd read some passage and we'd go, hey, what do you see in this? Or what do you see in verse two? And pretty quickly it moved to, well, uh, God loves us. Right? Well, yeah, that's true, but that's not what the, that's not exactly what the passage is saying, you know. And so it was just really interesting that they just couldn't read the passage, and it wasn't a literacy problem. It wasn't 
language. We'll talk about translation later. They really just hadn't sat down and, and had the accountability of a group to kind of dig into what the scriptures are saying uh, in, a, in a particular passage. Yeah, I remember when, to Eric's point, we were sitting in a small group probably the, the first day that we did it, and we were getting a lot of those very high-level, vague answers. And the questions were very specific that we were trying to ask. So at some points, I was literally saying, if you look at verse 1, you know, what does it actually say? And I would, I would almost spell it out. Let me give you a hint. You know, start, and they, they would finally pick up on, oh, I need to give a very specific answer you know, that he's asking rather than just a very general answer. Right. That, took, that took time to develop that with the group and that whole dynamic. So is that common for churches in Africa? The, 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 the idea of there's a preacher up front, they're the, the I don't want to say a, uh, the, the dominant personality, that cult of personality. You're looking at the person speaking. This Is this common in most churches in Africa, this idea of lack of small group and interaction with I think it's <clears throat> I think it's common in most churches around the world. Yeah, right. Because um, we have this paradigm that the <clears throat> the pastor preaches and everybody else just listens, mm -hmm. and obviously there's churches all over the place who do have small groups, but many people don't take advantage of that, right? And so they just go to <clears throat> a worship experience. And, uh, and, and that was the primary um, model of, of Malawi and working with the churches there. And so it was, it was really encouraging, to, you know, to Matt's point, to by the end of the week, yeah. they, they, you could tell they were really beginning to get more, much more comfortable looking at a passage, reading it, and talking about it in, in a group setting. Yeah, they caught the vision, and then they we gave them some tools. We were practicing with them. I think they saw how it could happen, and we're doing it. I think Malawi has challenges because it's poor. So literacy is much more of an issue. Not all the people there. These were church leaders we're working with. Now, like the big church leaders all had a Bible, but not everyone at, at this thing, we're, that this training we were doing had Bibles even. Mm -hmm. So this is like their de you know, the equivalent of deacons and elders and Sunday school teachers in our in our world. Uh, maybe three quarters of them ha have a Bible at all. So when you don't have Bibles, and when you have a you know a, a population in your church that's largely illiterate, then it's going to be the preacher. You can't do small groups as easily. Right. Uh, and so I think it's the default of of preaching was even more of an issue in Malawi. So you were training the leaders who were going to go back and train the other yes. you know, lay yes. people that in the church. And these are the people. So, did they have a, lang a Bible in their native language? Yes, yes, okay. they did. And so, we're going to take a break. But in the next segment, <laughs> I want to hear some. We're going to share some funny stories, uh, idiosyncrasies of, an, of of the Americans lost in Malawi or just wandering in through Malawi. There's some really funny things on there that you guys shared that we want to talk about. But I want to hear about how, because all of you all had an opportunity to teach in a group setting. And I want to hear what was it like to teach with an interpreter? How do you speak uh, a common language in Christ, but also speaking different languages? So we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back on our next segment talk more about how these guys were uh, in front of a group of folks who spoke a totally different language and how they had to communicate the message of Christ to these fellow brothers who were from another country and another language. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back 
to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell uh, along here with Kurt Souter and Dr. Eric Schonsberg and Matt Frawley uh, talking about their recent trip to Malawi, Africa. And that is uh, on eastern African uh, coast. And if you're a geography person, you're like, where is that? Look at the continent of Africa. Hang a right. That's where Malawi is. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, That's a real simple. Very simple. <laughs> the simple not, they, man. They, they're not on the coast, but they do have uh, It's called Lake Malawi, which is a huge fresh body uh, water, water. And uh, it's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. So we're we the last segment, and by the way, before we jump in there, uh, we talked about uh, giant bodies of water and how water was an issue there. If you have water problems at your house, you need to call Frank Enterprises in regards to septic issues. If you got septic problems at your house, Frank it's not Enterprises. Fresh water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you got fresh water, you really got problems. But uh, Frank Enterprises, uh, they take care of all your septic issues, water drainage issues, any issues you have with water. Uh, in or outside, or out, not plumbing, but outside of your home, Frank Enterprises, uh, Kurt and his crew take care of you. And then also Bright Star Home Care. If you know anyone who is going to need or does need care for their loved one, whether it's someone who comes by once a week to help with doing laundry or somebody who needs 24-7 care, Frank, uh, excuse me, Bright Star Home Care, uh, Chris and his crew take care of you and they walk you through this incredibly important process. That's an industry that is becoming more and more important in our culture and society. So Bright Star Home Care and Frank Enterprises, thank those guys for sponsoring our show. Last segment, you guys talked about uh, how you had really uh, were introducing them to this experience of small group and how they had very little experience, if any, of sitting around in a smaller group of people looking at one another in a circle with their Bibles open, being able to talk about the scriptures, talk about Christ in the scriptures and what it applied to their life, which we jokingly, not really jokingly, but seriously said that's a problem with American Christians <laughs> that we don't know how, mm-hmm. how to do that. But when you introduced that to them, you had that, that small group interaction with them. Um, we covered four topics. I mean, we did leadership, we did uh, managing conflict and unity and the tongue, those sorts of things, uh, then marriage and stewardship. So we talked through all of those issues. On stewardship, one l- little point that's interesting is that you know when you're really poor, it's easy to think, well, I'm not really a steward. And one of the things that's so huge in, in uh, Francis's ministry is to say, no, no, time, talent, and treasure. You know, we all have things to steward. Even if you don't have a lot of economic resources, you still have a lot to offer. But we also did these uh, large group teaching sessions, and we started with Matt and Keith. Unfortunately, Keith can't be here. He's on vacation. We haven't talked about him much, but he was a vital part of the trip as well. Mm. But uh, Matt and Keith started us off by talking about identity in Christ. And one of the things I remember from that that was so amazing we hadn't seen before is they had an exercise where you would learn about their uh, identity as a you know a human being before they get to the in Christ part of it, and they would stand up and share. And usually they would share, in, in every other context we've done this or seen this, they would share about themselves. Well, the Malawians shared about the, another person. <laughs> and, and this was also unique, they, they mentioned food. Every one of them said, and I like Sema, or I don't like beans or something. And again, I've never seen that before, but I guess in a, con- a country where food is really important, food becomes you know this part of your identity. So I thought that was really amazing. Hmm. And so, Kurt... What did you get the opportunity to teach on? I taught, <clears throat> after Matt and Keith taught on our identity in Christ, which we, we really believe that that is, uh, that's just a critical piece 
if we are going, I, th- I think that's what the enemy attacks is that we, we base our identity on everything else but who we are in Christ, in, in the Lord Jesus. And so I then did a segment on spiritual warfare and how the enemy comes, uh, you know, after us um, in, in areas of temptation and doubt and discouragement and how, you know, we, uh, and then Eric expounded on that uh, when we looked at Genesis chapter 3, which is what he taught. But I, I did a whole thing on spiritual warfare, and then we walked them through, and then Keith and uh, Matt did a, a segment on uh, what, we, what, what we'd call a freedom appointment, Steps to Freedom in Christ. And uh, you want to talk about that, Matt, real quick? Yeah, I mean, so, Chad, I think you've gone through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really, in the U.S., it's about a four-hour session where you're going through seven steps of essentially confessing different areas in your life um, that need to be taken to God so you can be released of, of that bondage. You know, forgiveness is an example. I think there were some issues around um, the occult, if you had you know, dealt with some of those types of issues in your past, you know, renouncing those types of things, any kind of sexual sin or bondage, you know, those things are talked about. So, you know, it's a difficult subject matter. To say the least, it's very personal. You know, you're taking inventory of your life in a very, you know, deep way. And if you're honest about it, you know, it can be very, very meaningful. And so we were encouraging these men and women to be very honest about all these areas. And you know, I think there were some challenges doing this in Malawi because it's a difficult program to go through with English-speaking people. You know, like I said, we went through it, Keith and I went through it with Kurt and about 14, 15 other guys at Southeast. And again, it's a four-hour session, really deep reflection. We were dealing with translation issues. You know, the, the predominant language there is Chichiwa. So you're trying to explain to someone, you know, I need to have forgiveness on you know, rebellion against governmental authority, or you're trying to, you know, explain some of these concepts that might be readily, you know, available to us. It was difficult, I think, for them to not only understand the concept of what we were trying to do with the freedom appointment, but just understand the model of what we were trying to do, you know, as well. So, like you said, it's really challenging to do it from an American standpoint. Uh, you had a translator translating everything you were going through. Did anything not translate well to them? Like you said, the, for the concept of forgiving the government or authority or whatever it is, did anything not translate well that was kind of a sticking point? Yeah, you know, I'd say right at the beginning when we were, I think, trying to renounce false religions and false beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, in that booklet that you typically will work through, you know, it wasn't translated for them, it was in English. So, you know, there was a myriad of different things that we were to renounce and I think some of them just didn't translate at all yeah. you know there were some you know American idioms right. and you know different things that they were supposed to renounce that I think we would read and the translator would be stuck and wouldn't even know you know how it would go was about a word in their language that really no correlated between and that them. would happen from time to time you know what I was impressed with and I think the guys would agree with this is our translators were actually very very good at what they did and sometimes they would understand that, you know, one-to-one translation wasn't going to work here. And they would sometimes kind of cue us and just say, hey, time out. I'm going to explain this in a little bit more detail. We might take, you know, an extra four or five minutes just to explain what's, hmm. you know, going on with this particular concept. 
and then we can go back to what you're doing, you know, in, in the booklet. Mm -hmm. So they were very helpful in understanding the native language and then picking up where maybe the English wasn't making as much sense. Is spiritual warfare, real quick, back to you, is spiritual warfare different for them than it is here, meaning it's more, they, they have a more more understanding of the reality of spiritual warfare as opposed to American Christians, or do you think it's about the same? I, I think it, um, I, uh, that's a great question. I, I, I think they understand spiritual warfare. I think they, they have a, you know, they have more tribal, um, religious, uh, animism, spiritism kind of things. Uh, yeah, they, you know, th there's also, um, the Muslim community, which wasn't huge there, but there's still, uh, the mosques and you still hear the cry, you know, prayer through, you know, throughout the day. But, um, I think they, they saw it in a, in like when we, we don't think of like bitterness and unforgiveness as spiritual warfare, but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we would identify that really here in America. Like, Oh, oh I mean, Oh, I have some unforgiveness issues. I, I don't think we even address that much. Right. Um, I, but I think the beauty was, uh, that at the end of our time, which which takes you know several hours, um, they write down things that they need to address and deal with, and at the end of the time, we we went to the back of the church, and it was you know it's in a, it's a dirt floor, um, it's a it's a building. There's an outhouse for a bathroom, um, that's got quite a few mosquitoes flying around and other, uh, things, yeah. and other things and um but you go to the back of the church in the on a dirt floor and we threw all this all the paper that they wrote down these sins that they're repenting from they're renouncing and we set it on fire and uh you, you guys want to talk about that a little bit yeah i mean i thought that was very powerful you know there's there's another thing i'll mention and then come back to that you know when when we would go through the different steps and they would write down sins and pray for each other, we would take time and let them pray for each other for maybe two or three minutes. And what I was struck by is how passionate and fervent the prayers were. Mm. I mean, it was loud in there. Energy. When I, when I think of some of the prayer sessions that we've had, it's, you know, very polite, you know, discreet, <laughs> quiet, quiet <laughs> prayer. And it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's saying the right words. I, you could tell they were they were sweating. They were, fists were, you know, in the air. <laughs> they were sh they'd had their hand yes. on a, on a guy's shoulder, and he's shaking him, <laughs> he, and he's praying, and he's, uh, he's I mean, it's just animated. I'm like, oh, this guy is serious. <laughs> yeah, I I just love the authenticity of the prayer time that they had, mm -hmm. and it, it was, you know, it, it was awakening for me. I mean, I yeah. thought I I need to pray like that, and I think that was one of the things that was nice about what was going on there that, and you guys probably felt it too, I felt more of a freedom there almost in the praise and worship time and the prayer time than I do sometimes in the U.S. Right. And probably that's my own inhibition, but I felt much less uninhibited there. So well, We're going to take a break, <clears throat> come back for one more final four segment, and we're going to talk more about the, the, the contrast, but really the similarities. What do you have in common with our brothers over in Malawi? Uh, they don't look like us, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't sound like us, but there's a lot of commonalities too. So we're going to take a break and come back in this fourth and final segment and talk more about uh, Malawi African mission trip uh, that these guys went on, and we'll talk more about that here on Solid Steps Radio. 
Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you're just joining us, boy, you missed a lot. First three segments, you can pick up all of those commercial-free thanks to our great sponsors uh, like Southern Smoke Barbecue, Southern Smoke Catering. Uh, they do catering, and uh, Chris does a wonderful job. Uh, their their tagline is, put some south in your mouth. And I can tell you this, get <laughs> the brisket burnt tips because they are uh, absolutely fantastic, best brisket I've ever had. So Southern Smoke Catering, uh, they are a sponsor of our show, and they're going to be sponsoring our October 1st radio event. And if you want more information on that uh, between now and then, you can go to furtherstillministries.org, furtherstillministries.org, and also Dan Hart Financial if you want to talk to someone about your financial future, what does it look like, what's a wise way about retirement, and, and just having, I said, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and if you want to figure out what that looks like for you and your future, Dan Hart of Dan Hart Financial can sit down and take care of you there, and also the Southeast Christian Outlook, that's a newspaper publication that talks about what God is doing here in our city, but also really around the world. And speaking around the world, we're talking today with Eric Schonsberg, Matt Frawley, and Kurt about their recent trip to Malawi, Africa. And uh, the first couple of seconds, we just talked about what you were teaching and what the uh, you were taking over to Africa. But there's this really backwards perspective that many of us Americans had that we're going to go to Africa to teach them how to do things. Uh, how to do this and that. And there are some things that we do. You know, I know we've had people on our show who uh, went to Africa to teach them how to do medical and dental and do things so they could be able to equip and help people there. A lot of the problems have been missionaries come over, they do things, and then they leave, and then everything goes with them until the next group comes back over. But there's been a turn in the past few decades of making missions something you help the folks there to be ministers when you leave and continue to, to do the work but when you all have gone on these mission trips or this ministry trip as eric said what were you you went to go serve but you also received on this trip something like, well you, you know chad before even going down that road just real quickly um we read a book we it's required reading before we go it's called when helping hurts and many times when we take mission trips, and I've done this before, we go to help, but really, if you really look at the, the, the foundation, it really hurts what they're doing. Um, it, it helps them in a way, in a surface way, maybe help build a building or uh, do a project, but it's, it's really, then we leave. And, the, and, and we didn't empower them, we didn't equip them, and we didn't prepare them to take over. Right. And uh, therefore, it really limits them and hurts them in the long run. Right. And so, what are some on the on the flip side of that? You, God loves the folks in Malawi, and He loves you, and He loves both. And and so, what did God use the Malawi people to speak to and to bless you all with? Like, just hear from you all, maybe one or two things that that uh, that maybe Matt, you mentioned, kind of referenced it in the last segment about how, uh, for those who didn't hear, what was your kind of takeaway, one of your big takeaways. Yeah, you know, I just loved how authentic and fervent their prayer life was. You know, we asked them to break into prayer in, in, in groups and pairs and pray together. It was just so raw. It was it was hmm. loud. It was real. Uh, you could tell they cared so much for each other. You know, there's a selflessness. It's probably part of, of existing and subsisting in that culture, but you could really see it 
in their in their prayer life. So that that struck me, and just I felt a unity in Christ amongst people there. You know, even though we were so far apart geographically, culturally, you know, we were brothers and sisters in Christ, and that was a common bond, and that felt really good every single day we walked in there. Hmm. Eric. Go ahead, Kurt. Well, I, you know, I wrote in my journal, mm-hmm. and, and a couple things just really stick out. The day that we did the freedom appointment, and we wrote those things down, and I mentioned in the last segment, they they we lit all their paper, the pieces of paper that they had written their sins down, and we burned them up. And after or while it was finishing, uh, all these papers were burning up. They broke out into song and dance. And it was just, I mean, I got some video of, of them dancing, of like, this is the freedom we have in Christ. Singing bye-bye to their sin. Yeah, this is bye-bye, yeah. bye-bye, you know, um, and and just full of joy and radiating with, with dance and song. It was just pretty cool. But then I, I wrote in my journal, and, and I, this last week, they literally have nothing but dirt roads dirt floors in their churches and homes, never a shower. And I say never, I mean never, never a shower, no hot water, the same food every day, malaria and mosquitoes everywhere, no indoor plumbing, and yet they are filled with joy and they have smiles everywhere. And I wrote, amazing. Hmm. And here in America, we have no malaria. Um, we, you know, we have indoor plumbing. We have hot water all we got to do is just yeah. turn on the spigot and and yet we struggle in in gratitude we struggle with complaining we struggle with contentment and i just saw more contentment and more at peace in that setting than many times i see here in america hmm. and it just taught me lord in everything give thanks may your praise always be on my lips Lord, do I have a heart of contentment and peace um, with what I have? And they have so, so far less than what we have here. Yeah, you go to you go to Malawi, and you got to be careful not to get bit by a mosquito and get malaria. Here, you know, we come back after a couple of weeks, and I get bit by something because all of a sudden I'm struggling with ingratitude. I've got the disease of ingratitude, and that's really damaging. You know, we just I think the trips to Africa have been very helpful for grounding us in the things that really matter in this life and the, the hot showers and all that's nice but it's not the essence of of life you know one of the pictures we'll put online are the mice kebabs we saw right. we had uh, you know young uh, teenagers that were happy to sell us uh you know six mice for 64 cents it turns out and and they're like not, you're not joking this was mice on a stick that they would eat as a yes. kind of as a snack they, they would roast them so we'll okay. put a picture of that online if we wanted to tease something it's an amazing uh, picture, but to to borrow something from Tanya, my wife, who got to go in June, uh, they were singing, or one of the ladies on the trip started singing, "How Great Is Our God" on this trip, on their trip in June, and my wife said that was a pivotal moment for her, where she's looking around and she's like, "Wow, I mean, you know, dirt roads, all the things Kurt mentioned, but yet God is still great." You know, when and she said, and I, I would echo this, when we say, "How great is God," a lot of times that means well my life. I got a nice house. I got a nice family. I got, I got all these things. And we're not thinking about the greatness of God and who he is, his character, his actions and history, etc. God is great in Malawi. God is great in America. And sometimes the, the things of this world 
get in the way of that. And when you go to Malawi, the things of this world go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And we got to experience that, I think, uh, in Malawi. So it's always a pleasure to experience that. Hmm. Uh, the mice, uh, we're, we're driving from the airport um, w- right after we landed there. And we're driving, and we noticed these mice on a stick. I go, I asked the, dri- the, the driver, I go, hey, um, well, was it Evans? Was it, who, I was, was Paul. It? I was Paul, his, uh, the senior pastor, uh, Pastor Ronald, who has started dozens and dozens of churches, and yeah. his whole family's involved. And his son Paul was driving. I go, Paul, what, like, what, what was that? And he goes, Oh, it's mice on a stick. <laughs> and we go, mice on a stick. What, like, what is that? And he goes, That's, it's like a little snack. And I'm thinking, we, we have Snicker bars for, <laughs> right. for a snack. Because <laughs> we asked, are you really going to eat those things? And he goes, oh, yeah. I said, yeah. You, you, you roast them, and then you eat them. And I go, you eat those? And they go, yeah, yeah, they're good. I said, like, and the, the tail and everything. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you just kind of. Pop the whole thing in, you know, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So we get home and I'm showing that picture to my wife. And so I get this look because she's kind of wondering, what did you eat when you were there? And I didn't let on if we had the mice on a stick or not. And she had the look of, I may not kiss you for about the next 10 years. (laughs) Well, we laugh because it is a culturally different world. It's not only 21 hours away, it may as well be. 21 light years away as far as culturally speaking but as you guys have have talked about that there is a similarity there that is just a bond that we think i think america that god is is white american and speaks english and he speaks to us in our native tongue so we can understand but the truth of the matter is he speaks to the malawi in their language and he is not a god of america or english he's the god of the world and the universe and so it sounds like you guys you just got a chance to see outside of our bubble world really what it is that god's doing like you one of you said that god's in 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 the move in malawi uh as we finish up here matt can you pray for us as 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 the men who are listening that maybe this will stir them to realize that what that God is a lot bigger than what we want to make him out to be. So if you wouldn't mind just closing us out in prayer. Man. You, you bet. Well, Father God, I thank you so much for this this trip, the honor of going on this trip. And you know, like Chad said, you love everyone in this world, You know, whether it's in Africa, India, China, wherever it may be. And I just pray that whoever's out there listening to this, that they'll take a chance and, and go on faith. They, they can make a difference for God and advance the kingdom. You know, God uses the ordinary, you know, the the uneducated, the poor, the rich, the young, the old. It doesn't matter because it's not about us. It's about him. So, Father, we just pray that folks listening to this show right now uh, will answer the call and, and think about ways that they can advance the kingdom, you know, all over the world and even where they are. Uh, there's a mission field right outside the door as well. So um, please help us as men to be bold and uh, to love you and to be strong, courageous ambassadors and, and, and disciple makers. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
Thanks, so, folks, man. thanks for listening. And, again, maybe pass this along to somebody who you know who's maybe thinking about a mission trip. Or if you're listening and you thought, mm, I, I was thinking about doing a mission trip, highly encourage you to do it. And you can go see the face of God that doesn't look like your face because he is working in countries all around the world because he is, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that he's not just here in America, but he's working throughout the world. So thank you for listening. SoundCloud, iTunes to listen to this podcast, uh, commercial free. Thanks to our great sponsors. And again, Facebook, you can go there, Solid Steps Radio, and watch all of our shows also via Facebook live videos. Thank you for listening again to Solid Steps Radio.